episode of Sports and Songs podcast. We're on season four, episode number 39. Today's the sports edition, Andy. Sports only tonight. Sports, sports, sports. We're on August 7th, 2023. And, you know, football season is just around the corner. If you're talking NFL, we'll cover that a little bit. We've got town ball playoffs, postseason playoffs. Playoffs. We've got NASCAR. NASCAR Hall of Fame stuff, yep. We've got trivia question. We've got it all. So let's start off with a trivia question Yes. to to the fans. We won't give the answer until after the show. Correct. But on this day, August 7th, something big happened in Major League Baseball. Barry Bonds. I've heard of him. Barry Bonds hit a home run that broke the Hank Aaron record. Hank Aaron record on this day in 2007. Um. What number? The question is this. Uh, what was Babe Ruth's number for his home run number? This will be obvious for the uh, regular listeners are going to know the answer to this. But how many home runs did Hank Aaron have in his career that Barry Bonds broke on this day in 2007? Um, that'll be the answer at the end. But this was uh, that this would have been 11 or 7 12, something like that, when Hank broke his record. So it was, more than that, uh, a clue. you know, before social media, imagine this would have broke the internet on this day in 2007. It would have, it would have been trending. It would have been oh. all sorts of things, but Facebook didn't take off yet. Twitter didn't take off. This was 2007. So some people out there, Andy may not know the answer to this, but we'll get the answer at the end of the show. Yeah. All, all right. right. Let's start off with Andy's segment with some sports updates. Yes. I got a few things here and let's go over why we are. The fastest growing podcast in all of Western Carver County. And as you see, there were old school. We still call it Twitter, not X. Yes. I think that's just a fad. It's going to go back to Twitter eventually. Yeah, so. we're uh, we're old school here. Yes. Going to start with some twin stuff. I got a couple twins or a twins thing here. I had to change my notes actually over the weekend because I had it as Dallas Keiko got released, but then they signed him and called him up and put Joe Ryan on the DL. Yes. Um. If the Twins had a bigger lead, I'd say this was a way of giving Ryan some quote-unquote rest, but we'll, we'll say he's on the DL. But our lead ain't big enough to be playing that game. So this was a true, like, oh, crap, we need to call someone up. Joe Ryan's hurt. So, you know. And there was and there was some confusion on this. So from what I heard, Andy, is yeah. that Keiko signed the deal to yep. come to Minnesota. He was working out on his own with some uh, – professional training, I guess. It was yep. out of baseball since last year and thought he could make a comeback and come back and the Saints signed him. But they gave, there was an opt-out clause on August 1st was the opt-out date, I think. And they had two choices to bring him up to the 40-man or the to the active roster for the Twins or outright release him. So when he made the announcement that he was opting out, it wasn't effective immediately. In fact, Keiko's wife is very active on social media, and she says, you know, he's still a saint. He's, nothing's over yet. There's a 48-hour window that once he yep. opts out, and this is where I was confused, and I think others were as well. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't released. He didn't, you know, was never cut from the team or, or released. He just said that he opted out, which gave them, the Minnesota Twins, then a 48-hour window to do something, either bring him up. If they did, they had to make a corresponding move to bring someone down or outright release him for another team to pick him up. So that's what happened in that 48 hours. They did bring him up. Joe Ryan, I guess, had a 
a, a tight groin or a hamstring or something that he that he injured while stretching before the game or something or riding his bike or something yeah riding yeah. his bicycle so he's not 100 percent healthy not sure but what I, think, he did. I think the move andy here is that ryan will skip two to maybe three starts you think and then yeah. that'll just make sure he's good to go and then they'll use uh keichel as that uh kind of a spot starter we'll call it well i think you can depend how keichel does too if he's doing well let Ryan get the rest for the playoffs. The thing I don't know is Keuchel playoff eligible. I, I would I would assume that he is. That's part of the reason they got the veteran is I think is the reason they signed him. Is in fact, if there was going to be an injury down the road or for the postseason to get a veteran in the postseason on the mound, so I'm assuming that is the case. And a left hander too. That's why I, I thought for sure they'd call him up the last minute so he'd be playoff eligible, or else. Whole pickup was just stupid on their part, but so I'm pretty sure he's yeah, interesting. It was a very interesting couple of days there when all that went on on Twitter and whatnot. But I guess his wife is very active on social media. Yeah, so I have to find that. I wonder if she follows us. Well, we could get her on the show next week, maybe. We'll, we'll see what we can do. I'll have Connie call on that. Connie could check in. Oh, look who's on the DL. Yes, Buck is on the DL again. I, I. I didn't have him going on DL to the sixth in the office pool. So um, Juanita we, in the lunchroom, she won the pool on that one. Well, we, we got to remember, too, that because he was injured so often, it's kind of the running joke, I guess, with not, not with the Twins, you know, seriously. But they said, let's not use him in the outfield for the first half of the year just as a DH so he stays healthy. Then they said, well, let's not use him at all this year so he stays healthy. But this is his second stint on the DL. And he second has third, yeah. Second or third, got hit once sliding, I think, awkwardly. Once got hit in the ribs uh, with a pitch. Yeah, so yeah. he's been on the DL a couple times, and he's not even set foot in the outfield this season. So it's just a tough, a tough yeah. deal with this gentleman. Getting hit in the ribs, yes, it's with a hundred mile hour fastball. This and that. How frail are you? I mean, my lord. But anyway. Now, but the way he's you know hitting and, and things are not going so well, they're going to put him on the DL, which is good. Fair enough. Let him rest up. Let him get healthy. Uh, any kind of replacement uh, is going to be uh, better than him probably anyway, right? Right. Yeah. Well, unless you like traded for Kyle Schwarber, then it'd be worse. But oh, ouch. But yeah, he does. He does lead the team uh, in home runs, or he did, I think, uh, last week. But uh, that's it. He's, he's but, so Schwarber. He's batting one eighty something. So does you know. Peter Lonzo when he's batting 220. So big deal. Yep, yep. Chicks do not dig long ball so much anymore. Just saying. And he was such a good singles hitter when he first came up um, and a doubles hitter and a gap hitter. He was so talented. And then he got thought chicks dug the long ball, I guess. I don't know what his problem was. Yeah, it's all about launch angle now. Yeah, it's all stats. Speaking of, we got some other major league baseball stuff. I think this was the night of the show or that after the show. Here, here's the fight. This was so great. Uh, okay, we've all seen the slide. I didn't think the tag was that bad. Maybe it was a little rough, but whatever. But I guess there's been something brewing between these guys for a while. I've never been a big Tim Anderson fan. Um, mostly because he plays for the White Sox. Besides that, he just always thought he was overrated. He was a ESPN darling, and everybody else loved him, and this, that, and everything. Now he's just a not quite that good a punch, but there's the slap to the face, basically, kind of a closed fist. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen harder hits in WWE than this, and down one Anderson. Oh, well, they, they each threw a couple of uh, haymakers that didn't land, and finally this one did kind of as a surprise. It kind of yeah. surprised them both. But the nice thing about this is you have two teams in the American League Central yeah, suspended and everything else, and uh, you know, so benefit for the twins, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they dropped him like third period French. I mean, he went down. <laughs> and here's the other things that are made of glass. It's my favorite meme from the week. Yes. <laughs> Another no hitter for the Astros. It'd been a while, but they were due for one. Valdez throws, throws a no hitter. So since 1962, when the Astros started, they lead the league with 16 no-hitters. Wow. Dodgers have 13, Angels 12. There's three teams tied with nine. This is kind of my 80s stat of the week, even though it was pre-80s, but of those 12 Angels no-hitters, four belong to Nolan Ryan. So, Interesting. They were all in the 70s, so it's the 70s stat of the week, I guess. 70s, okay. And Nolan Ryan only had one, one no-hitter in the 80s, so... But hey, I digress. Wow. I digress. They had those two at the end of his career with the Rangers. But yeah, so there we go. And look at the times of those games. Two hours and 20 minutes, 221, 222, 201. So beautiful numbers. So that's kind of my stat of the week. It's it's good. Speaking of no hitters. Guy gets suspended for sticky stuff early in the year, gives up 10 runs in a start, throws a perfect game, and now he's been suspended for alcohol abuse. And Domingo. And that's not that's that's chewing tobacco in his chewy lip there. It's not a growth or anything like that. He's got the Tony Gwynn chew going. And that's the other thing I've noticed a lot of these players lately. I thought after Tony Gwynn passed, they were gonna outlaw chewing tobacco. Or at least keep an eye on it. Now you see the big bulge coming back for all these guys, so just saying. Well, that's a lot of a uh, lot of activity here for Domingo this season. Yeah, he's he's been in the news on every every category there. And it's only August. Yeah. Liam Hendricks undergoes Tommy John surgery. Um, the reason I bring this up, he's the one who just came back from cancer. So this is kind of a scary thing. You fought cancer and your body's gone through hell. And I was gonna go into Tommy John surgery. So oh, ouch. you know, this is a guy who came up for the Australian baseball league. Was with the A's and was a stud there. Um, then he went to the Sox and well, or the Sox and he had cancer issues. He's got Tyree John now, so just hope things work out for Mr. Liam Hendricks. There. Again, more Nolan Ryan stuff. Speaking of what you said, kind of with the stat, Nolan Ryan is the only pitcher to face the last three single season home run leaders: Maris, McGuire, and Bonds. They were combined wait, five wait, for twenty-eight against them. Was zero. Wait a minute. What he may faced Roger Maris? Yeah, end of his career, end of merit. Well, Nolan Ryan came up in the late sixties. Wow, that's pretty good. So you know, early his early career, end of Maris's, McGuire through the eighties. There's some stuff in Bonds. So those three guys, five for twenty-eight with no home runs. Jeez, that is unreal. My new boyfriend in baseball. Bobby Witt Jr. You have a man crush. It's I Bobby have Witt. a big man crush on Bobby Witt Jr. I have since this last year. This guy is unreal. I'm finally coming out with it, though, though. I've had it since last year. If you follow the show, I've kind of name-dropped him here and there. Um, 
Since the start of July, 40 for 160, batting 345, eight homers, 27 RBIs. Here's another great Bobby Witt stat. First player in the American League or National League history with 20 home runs or thir and 30 stolen bases in his first two big league seasons. Wow. Um, also, a stat that I heard the other day is uh, him and his dad broke a record for uh, father-son draft picks. The old man was the overall number three pick, and Junior was the overall number two pick. So sometimes you hear father-son. Uh, the Griffies are – Odd where they're both superstars, but and yes, the Wits are getting there. Um, Biggio and his boy are getting there, Vlad and his boy. But usually, one of them slips through the cracks as like a third or fourth round pick. Very rarely are they both first round picks. Yeah, Bachette. So. Yeah, Bachette's. Yep. And Cole Hamels has retired. Um, Cole Hamels, uh, 15 seasons in the major leagues, four time all star. Big part of the 2008 Phillies. Uh, just over 2,500 Ks. He has finally retired. Um, saw some stuff him pitching in minor league ball, trying to make that comeback, just not happening. So, 15 years. Uh, lefty, I thought maybe someone in the playoffs would give him a call up. He was kind of riding the playoffs. He never got that call or trade, so he retired. So, well, don't know if we'll see him in a booth somewhere announcing or not. I don't think he's coaching material, but. You never know. Could he play a little town ball baseball? Um, he might be a, I, you know, I don't think he'd qualify for this year's playoffs. Maybe next year in the over 35 league, give him a call. Yes. Uh, players of the 2010 draft that were drafted after Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson. Jacob DeGrom. Russell Wilson was the 140th pick. Jacob DeGrom was 272. Jack Peterson, 352. Chris Bryant, 546. Oh, Aaron Judge, 935. Wow. NFL Wilson, the Broncos quarterback. These are the players, five of them, that were drafted for them after him. Yes, and some very well after him, too. I mean, DeGrom was 132 picks later. So, oh my yeah. God. That's yeah. a good stat right there. Speaking of the Mets, like that segue okay. there. First of all, the Mets haven't won a game since the trade deadline. There, I said it. Wow. Here's who they've gotten rid of and who they've gotten return since. Uh, that Cunha, that is Ronald Cunha Jr.'s brother. So it's good DNA there. Uh, Jeremiah Jackson, not part of the Jackson Five. That's not Jerome. That's, so don't get excited there. Okay, okay. Now, I also heard, you know, it was like, oh, they paid Scherzer and they paid part of Verlander's salaries and this is that and everything else. But I also heard from someone, by them paying that salary on the trade, uh, something that would do with the way the contracts work, they saved a whole bank load of money on uh, salary tax fines and everything else. So Okay, okay. But uh, so they got some good young names there. We will see. You know, that doubt. I wouldn't be surprised if one of these guys has been cut already. They probably won't be all be after a while. Give them time. We'll see. Drew Gilbert is kind of an exciting name I'm looking forward to. Um, kind of keep an eye on him. 
And here are some of the prospects coming up. You know, like I said, Acuna is uh, their number one prospect now. He was number two for the Rangers. Jet Williams, I've heard his name a lot in the past with the, coming up with the Mets. Now, this is their projected dates, 2024, 2026, when they come up. A lot of these guys, you know, Colin Hulk, number six, he, if he's not doing it for 2027, he may not come up with the Mets even by that time. I, I would guarantee three of these guys, four of these guys, don't make their start with the Mets. They make it yeah. out. You know, that's life in pro sports. What's kind of fun to watch? There's the Mets at the beginning of the year and as of now. Opening day, 77.1% chance of making the playoffs. Still a Interesting. chance. Interesting. Wow. Still a chance, though. Brittany Griner. Um, first of all, hats off to her for coming back, what she did, which I thought was incredible. Now she's got to take some mental break after about 20 games in the season because it's finally caught up to her. Uh, perhaps the most recognizable, recognizable name in the WNBA. That joined the team in the last road trip. Um, taking a few days off. I'm not defending or criticizing when I say this. I'm just, as the kids say, spitting facts. <laughs> she came through the hell she went through in Russia, comes back, and starts playing right away. Now, I get you maybe want to play or practice just to try to get back to normal. But being in the competitive part of it, wow. I mean, it, I, I think it finally caught up to her. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a lot to take in in a short amount of uh, several months, a lot. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, hats off to her for making the comeback. Don't get me wrong. I I, I thought if anyone could do it, it'd be her that could, that could come back through all this. You'll know, you know, get right back on that horse type of attitude, if you will. But I think it just finally got up to her. The media pressure, the issues they had with flights and people bothering her at airports, all finally got to her, I think. And the fact the team's not doing well. Well, geez, Brittany, why is the team doing well? Blah, blah, blah. You know, so I suppose that got to her. And there she is. Uh-oh. In my opinion, soon to be the next host on The View. Um, Megan, and they lost 5-4 in a shootout. And who shot missed for the U.S.? So there we go. And not, and not shot and, and missed, but missed the goal. Yeah, over the oh, ball. Yeah. See, yeah. soccer, Megan, you want to go under the bar. Yep. Maybe the Vikings will call her. She can get up over a bar like that. Wow. Oh, I said it. Yes. And I guess here's the thing that's bothering me a lot about this one is she's popping off. She's saying, well, at least we got equal pay for everybody else. Hey, well, first of all, you get paid for winning, not paid for playing. Um, second of all, you 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 made it too much of a story. And I don't know if she got lackadaisical. They all got some others got lackadaisical. I don't know. Um, I think the media got to them. Their fights for everything else and not worrying about soccer might have finally caught up to them. She was too busy flying out here to watch her life partner. Plays in the WNBA, so she was out here for this and that. So maybe she wasn't focused, thought she was too good for it. I don't know. Well, um, I, the other thing yeah. that bothers me is there's other people on the team like Alex Morgan who might be retiring and coming back, not coming back. We know this was Megan's last game. And they all focus on, oh, her poor last game, her poor last game. Wait a minute. There might be other people who it was their last game. So – 
It's not all about, they're still making it all about her. And that just bothers me. Yeah. The, it goes back to the amount of focus at this level of sport that you need to have. And when you start detracting into other things or politics or current events or anything like that, uh, over and above what you're doing, like, like you're saying, Andy, uh, whether you're for it or against it or applaud her or don't like her, the fact that you're doing all this and the team's doing all this other stuff on the side, uh, you, you know, it's going to, you're going to pay the price for it in some other facet of the game. Oh yeah. They need to focus and play their sport. Once you're done, once you're retired or during the off season, you can talk all you want about whatever um, things, uh, topics that you want, but boy, it does start because, um, a lot of people that I saw uh, did not care about this this loss, and in fact, were you know sitting back almost laughing. And that's what happens when the karma comes back around to bite you. Well, so, and here's the athletes out there: stay focused, uh, think what you want, don't say it until the time is right to to do where you have the the wherewithal to do those things. So. And you know, Fox Sports and Fox Soccer, which is an actual channel, has been carrying all these games. Great. Those who love soccer, get up. Soccer fans are diehard fans. I'll tell you that right now. My God, they're up at 2, 3 in the morning watching these games. Are they still going to, you know, and they were covering the other games. Oh, we got to play all the teams coming in. It's all knockout rounds, this and that. Okay, now that this is done and they're out, they still going to cover the rest of the World Cup? I mean, I'm sure they'll still show up, but I think you'll mention it on the news at all anymore, how it went, until the finals be a, oh, by the way, Sweden beat Germany 4-2. You know, yeah, and, I, and I don't know how the broadcast schedules go and how much they pay to get the, those slots locked yeah. in, you know, weeks and months before all this goes on. But I'm sure they're, I'm pretty sure they're locked into whatever the deal is. But your point, Andy, is are they going to do some finagling to cover some other sports and then weasel their way out of this? Because who's going to be watching it now? And advertising money lost too. If you're company X, you're still going to pay to advertise as much as if the U.S. was playing. There's a big backlash, uh, and, yep. and it goes all like dominoes uh, down the path of the indirect yep. impact of all, all of this. Wow. Now a word from our coach. Nice. Remember Coach Kevin O'Shea from Little Giants? No. You ever saw the movie Little Giants? I think I did one time years ago, but I would not have remembered the name. Ed O'Neill right there from Kevin O'Shea. All right, here we have a couple coaching quotes that are kind of important, I think. First of all, Coach Prime. Coach Prime says, it's all about the money. You know that. It's about the ba- about a bag. Everything's chasing a bag. or Everybody's chasing a bag. And you get mad at the players when they chase it. How's that? I think he's talking about all his, he's talking about all his realignment. All these teams are realigning for the money. But then you get pissy when a player wants to leave for money. What's the difference? Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Uh, Name, image, the, uh, the portal, moving around, all about the cash. Well, it is what it is. That's – that's. he's just stating the fact. That's why I like Dion. It's called a bag, Dan, not money. It's called a bag. Yes. They're all chasing the bag. A bag. Um, and I've heard other athletic conference guys going, okay, really? I saw one quote. I can't remember who it was, so I'm not going to guess and be wrong. Because we're on the West Coast, we fly to the East Coast for a baseball game. They get done. They got to fly back at 2 in the morning and get up at 7 in the morning for a test. But the football players play just Saturdays, and they got all the time to get back. We're playing our 
basketball, baseball, we play during the week. Now, part of that is, and I say this tongue-in-cheek, I'd assume a lot of athletes during the season take underwater basket weaving and, you know, sign language for the blind. So not real hard classes. But still, they're taking classes. So you got this coast-to-coast in the same conference, like the big 18 now we are. So Oregon's got to go play Rutgers and then come back on a Tuesday night after a basketball game for TV money for the big, big Tuesday night game and then fly back for a test on Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon? How's that for the athlete? Yeah, it's, it's... – you know, I know they make exceptions for athletes. They can take the test later. They can have someone help them, blah, blah, blah. But still, how's that for the other students then? Just because we're just in swimming and we don't travel coast to coast on weeks, we don't get an extra day for tests. Tubby Smith. I like Tubby's quote. I've always liked Tubby. I always thought Tubby was a good man. Now, this is Tubby's speaking here. So just remember Tubby's age, the time Tubby grew up in, and everything else that goes back on this. We had over 800 Division I players transfer out last year. Over 800. Come on. Teaching them how to quit? That's what we're doing. Things not going right, not going well? Let's quit. Continuing on, says Tubby Smith. I remember calling my dad when I was a freshman. High Point College. Dad, people not treating me. This and that. I'm unhappy here. There wasn't but two blacks in my whole school. My dad said, son, somebody do something for you? No. You still getting your scholarship, aren't you? They still feeding you? They still housing you? They still getting you your education? I said, yes, sir. He said, you can't come home. Your bed's been taken. But you can join the Army. Best thing he ever said to me. Wow, I love it. But where are these dads today? No, I know, I don't know about you, but when Intern Abby moved out, that's now the Shadow Studios here, and the other room's now Lisa's sewing room. When the kids moved out, no, you can't come back. Room's gone. Yeah, room's taken. It's you know, I mean, we now call it the guest room, not your room. Sorry. Yeah, oh, it is interesting. There's Glenn Robinson the third. Told my dad I was starting an online program teaching how teaching others how to dunk. So I asked him for advice on how to increase the vertical. He sent me this at 50 years old. There's the big dog, Glenn Robinson. Still wow. got hops. Look at that. Big man getting up there. He is. A <laughs> wow. 50 years old, he's jumping high. You take all my jumps in my life, I've never gotten that high together. That's pretty good. That's a great uh, tweet right there. Talk some gopher sports now. Uh, first of all, I was going to get on a side note here. NDSU men are in Croatia, I believe, right now, playing basketball. Um, University of Iowa women are overseas playing basketball. Uh, the BSU Beavers football has started. We have a special next week on uh, the Division II conferences starting. We're talking a little gopher sports now, and all their different sports will stick in here. Those are two gophers that were drafted, signing their contracts to the pros. How about that? Brett Bateman, George Kelson signing with the Phillies and Cubs. Awesome. So two more gophers make it. 12th and 13th active gophers in the pros. 
We can have our own team at the All-Star game, maybe. Yes. Go for wrestling. Back for a sixth season, Pat Mackey. Patrick, I'm sorry, Patrick. Coming off his third straight trip to the NCAAs. So he coming back for his sixth sixth season. So see how he does. Also, uh, here's a guy who's Zach Sanders has gone through the whole thing. No relation, by the way. Um, from his time as a student athlete to support staff member to volunteer assistant coach, he's now been at the go for 17 years. Finally promoted to a full-time staff member as assistant coach. Dreams do come come true there. Oh yes. Kind of kind of reminds me of a young coach Mike getting through the ranks there, huh? Oh yes, exactly. Yeah, this Sanders was very good. Yes. Did Coach Mike ever have that much hair though? No. No. Not as far as you know. No. I don't think so. Big Ten news. At least they still call it the Big Ten. Rumors are looking at adding Washington, Oregon, FSU, and Clemson. Well, we got two of the three. Because here's what the Big Ten map looks like now. Just let that all suck in for a minute there. <laughs> wow. So I remember when they added Penn State and made it 11 teams. Because Penn yes. State was a big independent. And I thought, okay. And seriously, when they added Penn State, I'd have bet the farm and the animals, I'd Swore to God, I thought Notre Dame would be next. If not to us, they would sign a conference because Penn State joined the conference. You know, Notre Dame's still holding out. Yeah, and I think that's when I, I I started following the Big Ten a little less. When the big when Penn State got in there from the East, I just kind of I haven't been a big following a uh, Big Ten fan ever since. Well, and you look at look at all these teams they got now, eighteen of them. Yet. I think three of those teams, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, four, that have hockey. Wisconsin, five. Duh. You know, baseball is going to be hard this year with the West Coast. Hey, we got West Coast teams. Are we going to spend all summer out there, all of February, March, playing those four teams? They're going to get a lot of extra games in before us. So how's that all going to work out? Um, you know, softball, same thing, soccer, mm -hmm. tennis, all these sports. It's, it's all about football. I, I really think college football needs to be its own business entity yep. away from the NCAA because it kind of messes it up for everything else. Also, Big 12 uh, voted to accept Arizona State University and University of Arizona. University of Utah to the Big 12 Conference. I think the Pac-12 has like four teams left. <laughs> oh, look, they do. The Big 12 has what? One, two, three, four, five, six, 16. We have 18. SEC has what? Six, eight, 16. ACC, three, four, five, 14. I mean, it, we're pretty soon going to be one, two, the four big conferences. Those four teams go in the Pac-12. It's going to be four super conferences, which as far as football goes, I think that's great. Yep. That's how you get your playoffs. The winner of each conference is your final four. Yes. There you go. Problem solved. You're welcome. This one's free. When you want to fix the basketball tournament, I'm going to charge you for that one. Speaking of, here's what I was talking about earlier, the coach. Uh, how long? 
but take TV money to destroy college football? Maybe we're here. Washington State head football coach. With some powerful words, state of the Pac-12, with more schools rumored to be departing the conference soon. And that's what's it's just ruining the sport. Um, why is there – you watch during the college football season, they got Western Ohio's – Western Idaho State playing middle central Kentucky, and that's on some cable channel somewhere, but no one wants to watch the XFL or the USFL. What's the difference in your quality of play there? The way too early FCS brackets are out. So let's give them some love and talk about them. Now, if you look at the MV, Missouri Valley Football Conference, South Dakota State's the projected winner. Okay. Uh, they got the NDSU Bison making it as a at-large. And in one bracket, they still had SDSU winning it, and they still had the Bison as one well, of the top four seasons in the playoffs. That's how tight that division is going to be. So. Okay, makes sense. But, yeah, here just like every year of them. But here we go. There's some of your things. Uh, one, two, three, three teams in the at-large over there for Missouri Valley with the Bison, Northern Iowa, and Youngstown State. So we'll see how that all goes. Big Sky's got four at-large teams. So CAA has four at-large teams. So we'll see how it all goes. Should be an exciting year there. And here is the Missouri Valley Conference map. We talked about the Big Ten map. So you got the, the bike highway there on the coast with starting up there with the Sioux and the Bison, the Bunnies, and the Coyotes. You take that sharp turn to go to University of Northern Iowa. Down south, Missouri. Yeah, Youngstown State, we over there on the side. We got to worry about getting rid of them. But there's our conf or their conference map. So even little the little conferences, as you say, have to do a lot of travel. NASCAR's Hall of Fame was announced. Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss, Donnie Allison, and Janet Guthrie, uh, the landmark warrior. We'll start here with Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion. Everybody I think is familiar with Jimmy and his dominance for a while. Chad Knauss, of course, was his crew chief. So, you know, that's like putting, you know, coach and quarterback at the same time, you know. So, same thing. Donnie Allison, though, for us historians might remember, he was a member of the Alabama gang. Vassar, uh, like his brother, and also NASCAR Hall of Famer, Bobby Allison. Donnie got his start in racing modifieds and worked his way up to the top level of stock car racing. Won the 1967 Cup Series Rookie of the Year. Um, so he's been in there. His fan mechanic, Banjo Matthews, were, were he experienced – his most success in 70 also won three races for Matthews, including Coca-Cola 600. 1979 Daytona 500 fight with Carol Yarborough is probably something that a lot of people remember. And Janet Guthrie is the landmark award. Um, she moved from her successful career in the aerospace engineer in the early 60s, trading equations for the wheel to become the first full-time racer in 72, true pioneer motorsports. Um, she was in the Daytona 500, Indianapolis 500, one of the first early women in racing. So congratulations to those four. So with NASCAR, here's their track they're at at Michigan this weekend. And that's just how big this track was. Inside the track, you could fit two of the big house, two Ford Fields, 
two Spartan stadiums, and two Little Caesars arenas. Jeez. And also there's word that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to play uh, their football games. Is it Jacksonville or is it a college team, one of the teams in Florida? Anyway, might play their football games as their stadium gets redone at a NASCAR track because there's that much room in between in there for it. <laughs> so that is you could fit a football stadium inside. I mean, look, you could fit two of the big house in there, and they hold 100,000 people in each one. So you could fit your parking, your tailgating, your stadium, blah, 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 all right there a few times over. I mean, they got four football – or six football fields in there. There's Ford Field where the Lions play, the big house where Michigan plays, and Michigan State Spartan Stadium. They got six football fields in there, Dan. That is a great visual. Noah Yankson suspended indefinitely by NASCAR for liking a racially insensitive George Floyd meme on Instagram. Here's a story on this one. And this was almost soapbox number two, but because and I'm not defending what he said, it's just the whole NASCAR rookie. Noah was suspended indefinitely by NASCAR and Legacy Motorsports on Saturday following actions that Grayson made or Gregson made on social media accounts. Screenshots showed how he liked a racially insensitive uh, meme in light of the May 2020 death of George Floyd. Okay, first of all, unless he's a little behind the times and just recently saw it, that was four years ago, almost three and a half years ago, and you're just getting down to it. Here's their quotes. We made a decision to suspend Noah effective immediately. And of course, he came out and said, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not saying it's right or wrong to like the, the meme on that, but really? You're, you're suspending him indefinitely because of that. Wow. Wow. That, that's all y'all saying that. Not taking sides on it. I'm just going. There's guys doing a lot worse stuff than that, and he liked a meme, so you're suspend him. Yeah, it's uh, you know simply just clicking um, a, a like or a heart button for Instagram. A like, um, and that doesn't mean you support it or agree with it or or even like it in the sense that we think it is. You may just click it um, for some other reason, but they'll someone will be watching. Maybe he's just a sarcastic SOB and thought it was kind of funny. Sorry, so. You know, I, I never have not seen which meme it was, so I couldn't tell you if it was, yeah, like, ooh, that was cold, you know, or oh, that was, <laughs> you know, now, and again, if it was uh, Chappelle who put it up, is it okay to laugh at it? Depends on who put it up, too. It's another yeah. show for another day, yeah, another show, another time for another show, but it's it's interesting because you got all these professional athletes. And if everyone's going to be watching what they all click like and everything, it's tough. Which leads us to Dan's favorite part of the show. Yes, the soapbox. Award-winning soapbox. Kind of leading up to the whole thing. Got this from our friend Jason Whitlock's site. The NFL revises sexual assault policy. Do you have a whole six-game suspension for offenses? So in the NFL, you sexually assault someone, it's a six-game suspension. You like a meme on NASCAR, you're suspended indefinitely. <laughs> NFL has revised its personal conduct policy to expand the definition of sexual assault offenses that could result in a more severe penalty. 
the first violation. Okay, first of all, first, you should get one violation, that's it. But first violation involving physical force or committed against someone incapable of giving consent or involving threats or concern will result in suspension of six games without pay with possible upwards and downwards adjustments based on any aggressive or or other factors, including according to the policy which was obtained by the Associated Press. Okay, really? This is a thing? So if some guy goes and slaps around the old lady, six games without pay. NASCAR, you like a meme and you're suspended. This is why I don't like the NFL and the NBA. Why I got a lot of issues with a lot of them. Yeah. For all the money part, you're giving these kids coming out of high school, college, who've been told they could do no wrong since eighth grade when they saw they had a little talent. Now you give them bank money in college with the NIL. You're giving them even, I'm sorry, more bag now when they get to the NFL. Bag. This is where I think the NFL and the NBA, just so these kids can grow up, need a minor league system. You don't see this happening with a lot of baseball players or hockey players because they're in the bus leagues growing up, learning to be an adult. That's that's good. That's a good point. So, and you know what? Fine NBA or fine football and basketball. Televise the piss out of it. I don't care. Make your TV money on it. You need a minor league system for these guys to grow up and learn how to be men. You're giving children Donald Trump money. You, you don't leave your six-year-old at home alone to run the house for the night, do you? No, that's kind of what you're doing with these guys. And, again, that's why I have a lot of problem watching NFL get excited or or even liking players anymore because they're all but they're not nice people. So there. That's my soapbox that the NFL. Well, we saw the, you know, the number one pick in Madison yeah. uh, last week with the uh, uh, speeding charge uh, on the new with his new Porsche or whatever it was. Uh, and that's a, that's a, and that's uh, a number one pick um, after going, what, two, three years in college. He was getting his doggy to the vet, Dan, for God's sake, at three in the morning. And so it's just one of those, what you're getting to is, a, you know, a zero tolerance policy versus uh you know first strike second strike third strike and then you go to nascar and you simply like someone like something a meme yep. and get suspended indefinitely so uh it's a good that's a good soapbox i like it mexico's gonna have a team and kind of continental cup for hockey next time dan wow look at that Viva i did not know this so that'd be kind of exciting to watch well, you know, and I'm trying not to sound like an old, old fuddy-duddy from Minnesota, but hockey's growing in Texas and California, and there's a lot of Mexican population there, so I can see where the population with the sport, interest in the sport has grown. Mexico's now getting a team, so good luck to them. Yeah, very good. Here goes our local news. Here's, here's our impersonation of WCCO. Anyone who's like knows where Minnesota is on the map is one of us, so here we go. This is all from Bryce, our new intern. Nice. Well done, Bryce. Gene Shorts. Brad Hand, ninth Major League team with the Braves. He becomes the first player in Major League Baseball history to play for every National League East team. Local boy does good. 
you know, I saw that um, and shared it around. That's a very interesting stat. Did you see that on the Sports and Songs Facebook page? Yes. Very good page. Every team in the NL East, in addition to other teams, I mean, nine different teams. Yeah. He even played way back when they were the Florida Marlins. Uh, he's a Chaska grad. Yes. Not a lot of people can say that. Mm -mm. Wow, that's a shot. Welcome to Houston. The Mets traded Justin Verlander for former Minnesota baseball star. The Mets received Drew Gilbert from the Astros and a deal for Verlander per source. This is a deal where it was you know, Verlander and money, and here we go. Uh, Gilbert, left-handed hitting and throwing outfielder, was a rock star in Minnesota growing up. A rock star. Much like our intern Oswald. Yes. A rock star. Having led Stillwater High, State, High School to the state championship in 2018. Just a kid at the time, he threw 95 miles an hour and struck out 15 batters in the state championship game at Tiger Field. He went on to start at the University of Tennessee, hit 368, and was named SEC Tournament MVP and All-American by numerous publications. Hmm. Wow. So, local boy for the Mets, Dan. Another shot. Yeah, follow him. Follow him. I'm gonna, maybe, be, maybe he'll be my friend on Facebook, too. We'll see. Yes. There she is. Layla Hemp. Minnetonka Lady Gopher, or Lady Skipper, is soon to be a Lady Gopher, um, went on to say, commit to the Gophers. She said other family members all play D1 and go to the Gophers. And here's something you don't see a lot of sports at the end of her quote, quoting Matthew 19, 26. With God, all things are possible. Don't see a lot of NBA and NFL players saying that either, do you? No, no, no. No, nope, baseball, hockey, we like God. So there we go. And Mallory Sazano, the youngest of the three, is announced to go to Minnesota State University. So that's where she's going to go play some basketball on her scholarship. I can't read those last two words, Dan. It's against my religion. Maybe you, if you see that you can read those two words out loud. I can't. Yes, I will, I will not. But it, that's it will be interesting to follow her going yeah. forward for women's basketball. Down at the Mankato State. Or, sorry, Minnesota State University, Mankato. The Mavs. There, I can't even say that. I, yeah, but good luck to her on her career down there. A little shorter trip for Mama to go see her down there. So all the way to Iowa to see big sister Monica. And maybe Monica will be going down there to Mankato State and watching her. Of course, Maggie up here at the U. If I get her some more playing time this year, we shall see. That, sir, is all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. Well, that's good, in, good information there. Lots of uh, sports-related stuff. So I've got a couple NFL news. And we got to go over our – And last of we'll do the bracket. So NFL, yeah. the Vikings will start preseason game number one this Thursday night in Seattle. 9 o'clock start time here locally, but in, in Seattle – against the Seahawks. Now we've interviewed the Seahawks super fan in the past. Hopefully yes. if you turn on the TV, you might be able to see uh, our fan, uh, our, the Seahawk fan there uh, in the crowd on Thursday night. That's a late start against the Seahawks and former Viking Teddy Bridgewater signed just today with the Detroit lions as a backup. 
The Lions who are picked to win this division in the North. So the Lions are the team to beat in the North. Uh, they've got the running backs. They've got the quarterbacks. They've got they've got everything. The, the stars are aligning. We know that the Bears yep. and Packers will not be that good. Vikings will be first or second. But the Lions are the team to beat. Now they got Jared Goff as quarterback. they got Teddy Bridgewater as a veteran of QB to serve as the backup, kind of a journeyman. Journeyman to get him in there, though. So that'll be interesting to watch. I've always liked uh, Teddy now, baseball, Minnesota uh, St. Paul Saints uh, will be on a 12-game homestand at CHS Field, two straight series of six games each at home. They're already one of the better teams in the AAA, uh, AAA baseball, and they seem to do very well at home. Try to get out to see them as well. Now, over 35 baseball, the first weekend is complete. Over 35 baseball in the Federal League. Uh, we'll report on more of that next week. Uh, tune into my preview show that I did last week on the Federal League, going through all four of the brackets, all four of the brackets. Um, that will be interesting to watch here this weekend as they as they wrap up. Town ball baseball, Region 7C we're following. And what do you have for notes, Andy? Um, well, we had the top four seeds. Like we said, we had Jeremy on last week. Yeah. We didn't think all top four would go. Top four being Watertown. Plato, Waconia, and Mayer. We kind of thought the way it happens in tournaments for all things, one of those four are going to drop. That's what we thought. Well, Mayer lost and Plato lost the first week, first game, and Watertown lost the second game. So Plato and Watertown are playing an elimination game on Thursday already. Um, and if Mayer loses tonight because of a rainout, we're after Thursday we're going to have two of the top four gone already. That's if Mayor loses tonight. We have two of the top four gone right off the bat. So Glencoe is eight and fourteen playing right now against Mayor, who's thirteen and ten. Mayor's throwing Blake Trich, who's already thrown a no hitter this year for Mayor. Yep. He's going tonight in an elimination game. They're the number four seed. Uh, it's elimination time already. I'm assuming they're going to win, but if they don't, they could be sent home. Region 7C is notorious for random game upsets. It's just it's fun to watch because you never, never know. Waconia, third seed, won two games this weekend, one nothing and 3 nothing. Didn't give up a run and find themselves in the championship game uh, or championship bracket, I should say, yep. uh, next week, uh, playing Saturday at noon and now becoming almost the favorite. And they'll take on Green Isle that came out of nowhere to win two back-to-back games against Watertown, the number one seed in the tournament. And number, what are they? Four, Mayor. Two, two, number two uh, ranked team in the state of Minnesota is Watertown. Yep. Right? yep. So they knocked them off. Watertown now finds themselves in the lower bracket, number two ranked team in the state. In an elimination game Thursday night, 7.30, for all those fans wanting to go, you can go to that game, watch it in Hamburg, and come home and watch Little Vikings. Yes. Thursday night. So they, those are elimination games. Plato's a two-seed, Watertown's a one-seed. They're playing each other in an elimination game. Let that – just let that sink in. <laughs> yeah. The loser will go home. They yeah, will not even go to the state. I thought I'd see them in the winner's bracket. The game I thought I'd see them in – has Green Isle and Waconia in it right now on, on uh, Saturday. I thought that was going to be Waconia. I mean, Watertown and Plato. And, and Plato is the two of the top pitchers in the entire Crow River. And typically in the playoffs, pitching is what gets you through. They didn't make it out of the first game. And then, 
you know, won that second game, uh, I think, fairly close. So yeah. it's going to be tough. Uh, you never know who shows up. You never know if someone's going to be on that night uh, or not. I went to the game when Plato used Drew Headkey, uh, the Mankato State, uh, the Maverick uh, dude, top yeah. pitcher in the league, and and he was just, I would say, average. They, they put the ball in play uh, and ended up Carver, Black Sox, uh, beating him, sending Plato to yeah. – Losers bracket. So anything can happen on any given day, but Green Isle will play Waconia. Carver's now in the losers bracket against a winner tonight of Glencoe and Mayer. And that, like Andy said, they pushed that back due to rain. It should have been a, a game on Sunday. They're playing it now tonight, seven thirty. I think right now it's scoreless in the fourth or fifth inning uh, out there in Hamburg. One thing about the twelve C bracket, twelve C bracket. I'm sorry, Delano uh, easily goes through the first two games over uh, Dasco Cato and Buffalo. So they've advanced the state as far as they're gone. And it was a misprint, actually, a mistweet on Delano's Twitter part. This is the first time ever they'll be at home for the state tournament. State tournament's oh, at home this year. Yes. It has been Delano. Delano never made it that far. So Delano will be at home for the state tournament. Um, good Lord willing, Watertown make it. We're close. We. Yeah, we. We are close enough. That would be like a home game for us. Kind of like Waconia was kind of a home game for us, same area. So uh, that could be a good mix right there. Um, some of the local teams, even if Waconia makes it, Waconia is not that far from Delano. They'll come down. Um, yeah, they well, they've already uh, Waconia has clinched it. Now they're playing for the seeding game, so they will yeah, be yeah. in the state. But but yeah, you know, where they're going to play and will they qualify for the games in Delano? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're let Delano play in Delano. I don't know why you'd have them travel if you don't need to. You know. But we shall see. That's that. Well, the nice thing with these region tournaments getting uh, halfway done now is that a bunch of the teams are already in or punched their tickets, as they say, to get to yep. state. They're still in the tournament. They're still in the brackets. There's still games to be played. This next weekend is mainly going to be seedings to see where you end up. Yeah. Uh, elimination games and seeding games. Uh, just because someone punched their ticket uh, means they're in. That means they're, uh, they're, they've clinched a spot in the state. But we don't know where they're going to play yet, depending on the seating. So there's still games this weekend for all of these regions. And, and unlike, say, the NCAA basketball tournament, just because you, just because Watertown was the number two seed in the state going in, they lose Thursday. You can't go. Well, they were number two entering the playoffs. They'll still get that large bid. No, it's the top three or four in that bracket tournament that go on. Yeah, there's no at-large. You need to there's qualify no. to get in. You're, you're if not, four. you're packing your bags. Now, if your team is out, one thing that will be big this weekend for teams that have lost or get eliminated, uh, if you're not a pitcher, your your season's done. If you're a pitcher, you can still hang around, and possibly when the regions all get done, there is a draft that takes place, and, and players and teams will pick up additional pitchers that they need only from teams that have been eliminated. So those pitchers on the rosters – um, that are interested in doing that, they can still yeah. play. If you're not a pitcher, though, your season's done. If your team gets eliminated, this is when it really gets good these next few weeks. Now, I know last year when they announced the brackets for the state tournament, um, they did that on YouTube, did that live. That was very exciting to watch. I watched it. I thought it was pretty cool. Had some great reporters there. Kind of broke it down like anything else. have not heard this year, but it would be kind of interesting if they could like live telecast the draft of the players, too. Do it on a YouTube channel. Do it on – I don't know. Was it? Yeah, and, the, and, the, and the draft by, is done by region, and it's at the yep. conclusion of the last region game. Yep. 
usually it's on the site there. But if they boy, if they put together a program like that to see who was all drafted in a one one stop video to show all the regions, yeah. that would be interesting to see. But they are going to stream the bracket reveal party again this year. That was a yeah. big hit. Now, I loved it. I watched. It. I thought it was very interesting. You don't hear about the teams from up north much. I mean, we we try to fault the best we can. We we don't even mention them much. But you hear about the team from Foston or from Sartell or from Duluth. You know, you hear about these other teams. So Niswa, Buckman, yep. Billy Goats, uh, yep. Sartell, uh, Brainerd. You know, th these guys. Uh, these are good Bemidji teams. Now A is going to be merged with B this year, and that'll be interesting, Andy, because instead of going as A and B. A and B are going to be together in a single elimination tournament. Young America is still plucking along in that tournament too. From what I, I think that they, well, they may have already qualified. Actually, yeah, I'm not they sure, were, but we'll see. they're doing well in their tournament. Yep. So B and A are still doing their normal tournaments as before, um, and then they will be commingled when they go to state and shuffled together in one giant 32 team bracket. I think that single that's elimination, right, yeah. and they'll call that. Class B tournaments, what they'll call that, but it's really the A teams yep. included with that, along with the B. So that'll be fun. Chaska Cubs recently qualified, also. So yep. the Victoria Vicks, the Vicks are in. Vicks are in. That's all I've got for sports this week. Uh, anything else that we missed? Please leave a comment down below. And trivia uh, answer, sir. Trivia answer. Let me answer the trivia question. Was Barry Bonds on this day? hit a home run in 2007 that broke Henry Aaron's longtime record for home runs in a career. The, the answer or the question is what, what number did Hank Aaron have? What was that number of career home runs that he had that Barry Bonds eclipsed? Hank Aaron had 755. Yes. That's the answer. We figured most of the ball player fans would know that 755 was etched in our minds for many, many years as the number that would never, ever be beat is what they thought. Barry Bonds, steroids or not, think of it what you may, beat it. He actually did it. There may be an asterisk or not, but he hit 756 on this day in 2007. And Tremendous. there's a question, okay, Saruhata O oh had, what, 812 or something like that in Japan? Saruhari O, oh, the Japanese phenomenal player. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a we'll have a special edition, I think, this fall, this winter, around Thanksgiving time to fill in for the holidays, Thanksgiving or Christmas. I know we've been talking about it. A little teaser for you. You know, no one said that home run record would be broken. Will Ricky Henderson's stolen base record ever be broken? Nolan Ryan's strikeouts ever been broken? Cy Young for wins? So the other records or stats you think will never be broken, let us know because we will cover them in some uh, hot stove edition. In December, yeah, it's, it's like running the four-minute mile um, right. they thought would never, ever happen. And now, as the game has changed, some of these records are easily more easily broken. Some are, are distancing themselves, like stolen bases or, or career wins in, in Major League Baseball, that you'll never get there because of the way the game is played now. Now, speaking of that, Greg Maddox recorded his 300th career win on this day in what year was that, Andy? Mid nineties, I think. I think. Oh, I had this last. It was last year. This time I talked about it. I, I want to say, it was, and he had it when he was with like the Padres or the Dodgers or something like that too. I think. Yeah. yeah so he got his three hundredth career win. Now, do you know how hard three hundred wins is? It's phenomenal. Of That's course, fifteen wins for twenty years. Former Minnesota Twin first round draft pick Kyle Gibson just recorded his one hundredth win. He's been playing. Yeah. 
10, 10 years. He's now with the, what, Orioles, right? Orioles, yep. 100, and they made a big deal about it, a big stink about 100 career wins. And it is, it's huge, but He's just a imagine guy. 300 wins. Yeah. Greg Maddox was a beast. He was, he was good. All right, that's all we got for this week. Have a good week, everyone. See ya.